week you can take pain away from him God and you can have a fast recovery we pray for Lynn we pray for um, uh, Raymond's mom Loretta God she's in the hospital too God we pray that you can bring healing to her and, um, and, and whatever is going on in her life whatever uh, physical pain is, is she's having we pray you can bring healing you can bring peace to her life and God, we pray that you can provide what they need as they are in this new city and new, new town, God, as they're moving on. God, we continue praying for many in our church, uh, uh, Leonore and many other ones there, um, they're having a health problem. We pray that your presence will come wherever they are and bring healing in Jesus' name, God. You are a powerful God. You are God who cares about us. And we pray that you healing power can move in their life. Thank you so much, Jesus, for what you're going to do. We honor, honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So if you have a prayer request, uh, you can let us know, uh, and we would love to pray for you. If you uh, online, there's a form there. You can fill it up. We would love to pray for you. Um, and let us know. And sometimes it's not necessarily a, a, a prayer request. You want to praise God for something that he's been doing in your life. And we want to celebrate that too. We want to celebrate that God is moving, that God is answering prayers, and, um, and, and w continue working with us. Um, you know, in, in, in a couple more weeks, uh, they announced this week they're going to lift most of the restrictions and we should go back to somehow like what it was normal <laughs> or normal before. So uh, stay tuned for, for um, uh, updates and uh, uh, what is going to happen, what is going to mean for us in the ne next couple of weeks. At the same time, I believe next Sunday is the last day or last Sunday with Sunday School. Um, and uh, so uh, we, we are excited about that. And if you like to help, volunteer with the Sunday School program for the fall and, um, and help us. Uh, talk, talk to me, uh, talk to one of the leaders, and we would love to connect you. We would love to show you how Sunday School is done. But this is a, Sunday School is a ministry that is not just a group of people is involved, 10 people, it's the church is involved. It's our kids, it's the church kids that we wanna uh, minister to them, show Jesus, show Christ to their life as they start very young so they can avoid all the problems that you and I face, <laughs> right? So if they figured out Jesus at young age, they should be good for the rest of their life. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> I wish it could be that easy, right? <laughs> but it is when we are all involved in all this. And uh, we're going to continue talking about uh, Philippians 3. And actually, I am... I've been very blessed, and God really spoke to me this week about this sermon, and I really pray that I can express what God put in my heart for, for us as a church. And, and we're going to continue in Philippians 3. And I want to give you a little bit of context, what is going on, and maybe a, a summary of what is going on. Paul writes this letter, and he's in jail. Uh, it's not a five-star hotel, <laughs> He's, he's, he's in a really bad place, and uh, it's almost like a teenager's room. It's dark, it's male, you know, there's poor ventilation. You know, he's right there. But through that place, God is using his life in a, in a bad situation to make something good. So Paul is saying, I know this place is terrible, but God is using this place to bring something good. So I rejoice. I rejoice in a bad circumstances because God is here with me. I'm paraphrasing here, but that's basically what he's saying. I rejoice. I choose to rejoice. And I, and I, I want to serve one another. And, and because of that, because he accepted that that situation, God put him there. There's a church starting in jail. That's so awesome. And people are becoming to know Jesus. And people are experiencing God's power. And Paul continues on. And he's sending this letter back to the church in Philippi. He's sending this letter because the church is sending a, a, an offering and, 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 and saying, you know, I, I, a text <laughs> and say, we, we are worried about you. We're praying for you. Here's a, some, some finances for you so you can be good. And, and we want to encourage you. So Paul is using this moment to say, you know, I got your text. I got that notification. But I want to send you a text back with a few recommendations. And chapter 3 is pretty cool. Because... Um, Paul is starting to talk about, be careful with what you hear. Man, this word is very strong because especially in the last year, we have to really put a big filters in our ears, in our heart. Be careful what you hear. Be careful what people are teaching, Paul is saying. And, and Paul is mentioning this idea. There's a group of people, they call it dog. He called it dog. This, this, this bad teacher, these dogs. This group of teachers, they, they, they're Christian, but they're trying to bring you back to the law. They're telling you, you have to be circumcised, and you have to do all this stuff. It's not just by faith, but now about work. So don't listen to them, Paul is saying. Be careful with these guys. That is based in human effort. And, and, and all that is human effort. And then he say, you want to talk about human effort? I want to tell you a little bit about me. And Paul that doesn't do this very often, but he, you can see in chapter 3, in the verse 
uh, one to five, you can see his uh, resume, <laughs> where he's coming from, who he is, and he say, this is who I am, this is where I come from. It's very important. Okay, and you have to remember this. He's saying this to a group of people that find um, a lot of pressures uh, of who they are as a Roman citizen. So because the church in Philippi, if mostly the people are Roman citizens, there is a lot of uh, pride in to be that citizen. So Paul is saying, yeah, I'm, I'm Roman too, but this is where I'm come from. So it's kind of cool too, but then he say, that mean nothing to me. And it got me thinking, we all have dreams. As a little kid, we dreams are what we want to be or become when we get old. When we get old, we dream about having the nicest house. We dream about a status. We dream about, you know, I, I wish I can have this truck or this car. I wish I can, I dream about going around the world and take a cruise. I dream about not wearing masks anymore. I dream, I dream. And somebody say, I have a dream. And dreams are so cool because they give us hope. They give us an idea where we want to be. We, we, we see ourselves there. But if we just dream and we don't move to action, it's just a dream. And there had to be action in our dreams. One time I, I, I get into this phrase, and I don't know who said it, but I love it, and I change it a little bit, and I say, put it like this, if I can dream it, I can believe it. And if I can believe it, I can do it. And that was my, my, how my mind worked in my early stage as a Christian. I, I dream this, I dream what I want to be, but if I, I not just dream it, I can believe it. I believe it, I can do this. And then I start to make steps to fulfill this dream. So Paul is talking about this, about where he wants to be in his life. So then we read Philippians 3, 7 to 12. If you have your Bible, you can read it. If not, it will be on the screen. You can read it with me. And Paul said this, I once thought that these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Remember, I say he was talking about who he was, right? And then he would verse eight say, yes, everything else is worthless when it's compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting all as garbage. Actually, he used a word more stronger, but we're going to keep it on garbage. So that I could gain Christ. So that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith 
in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience mighty power that raised him from the dead. Oh, this moved too fast. From the dead. And I want to suffer with him, sharing on his, in, in, in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that, that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Have a dream where I want to be. I have a dream where I want to be. I'm not done yet. Something the Jewish culture have a lot of appreciation, a lot, is about their heritage, where they come from. Who is your mom and dad? Who is your grandpa? And what lineage are you coming from? And Paul's saying, you know, I know where I'm coming from. Paul it was one of the few that can go way back and come from a tribe of kings. I went to the best school, had the best teachers. I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. You know, Jesus talked a lot about Pharisees and, and you, know, you know, about how bad they were. But being a Pharisee, actually, in the heart of it, they wanted to protect the law. They want, they want to love God's word. Jesus going against Pharisees basically is saying you're not, you know so much, but you're not able to recognize the truth. That was Jesus' critic to the Pharisees. And, and these teachers, they're talking to the church in Philippi about the law. They're saying, you know what? Remember, look at Paul. Look at Paul. Remember what he did to the church? Remember, he used to pers persecute the church. So Paul is saying, you know, I'm not where I want to be. But I know where I am, where God wants me to be. And I'm thinking, many times, many times we say, it's like starting the diet all over again. I want to lose 20, 30 pounds, maybe more at this, at this point. You know, and I'm going to start. And I, and I, and I, <laughs> I say, for a summer without a shirt. <laughs> no, I want to wear a shirt all summer now. You know, and I'm, I, I want to be, I want to work. And I set this mind. But if I don't do the effort to work in that, there's nothing. And Paul say, you know, I've been working really hard not to gain my own status. You know who I am. I know where I'm come from. But that is not going to define me. What is going to define me is to know Christ. Is what is going to define me is where I am in Christ. Not where I'm come from. I know where I'm come from is very cool. And I can find a status in, uh, uh, among my own people. But I, I don't want to live like that. What is going to define me who I am in Jesus. And say, I have all that like garbage in me. Nothing. Absolutely nothing to me. And they got me thinking. It's something that I do, most people do. We're trying to gain status. 
We're trying to get accomplish something. Worship. Well, I did that. You know, Great. do you see um, that TV there? Well, I put it the there. Lord. And that was me. I should. There's yeah, a story that I've done all comes this. To mind. Jesus. And so around the world, room. we find a status by and our work. How there's four guys where you want to bring to school, their friend. What you study? Be blessed where by you Jesus. They can't get in. Who is your mom and dad? How much money you the have? So they come and in and all the this goal, we find a status. And Paul say, don't, don't, don't put your eyes in that stuff. There's something more cool and more important when you find yourself in Jesus. When you find yourself in Jesus. You value what you have done in your life or you value what he has done in your life. I know we work really hard for many things in our life and sometimes we work really hard to accomplish something. And you will say, you know this house, it, we say in Chile, it cost me sweat and blood. I worked so hard to, to build this in my house. But Paul said, don't put your eyes in what you can do. Put your eyes in what he can do in you. Because if you put your eyes in what you are building, one this is taken out from you, you're down. But when you put your, your eyes on what he is doing in you, it doesn't matter if you have everything or nothing, you can rejoice in a bad circumstances. That's what Paul's saying in, in Philippians uh, uh, chapter 3. It's not about what I have. He said, I want to be found in him. I want to be found in Christ. I want to be found in Christ. I'm not dressed with that cloth anymore. I'm so thankful we're all wearing clothes right now. <laughs> but you know, there's times we go to our closet and, and, and we look, if you ever go to a wedding, you know, this is a perfect example. You know, you want to wear something special. Especially if it's somebody that you, you love, you care, you, you want to find the nice dress or the nice clothes or a nice shirt that day. And if you don't have one, maybe you put an effort and go and buy one. Or you do something to dress special to the occasion. And sometimes that's all we do. We take, we dress ourselves with our status. We go to our closet of life and say, I did all that. I, I, that was my work and I dressed myself. And Paul said, I don't want to be found like where I come from, from the tribe of Benjamin. I don't want to be found that I'm a Pharisee or I went to the best schools, I had the best teacher. I don't want to be dressed with those clothes. I want to, have, I want to be found in Jesus. I want to wear that clothes of Jesus. When people see me, they can see Jesus. Don't see just my past. And, and, and the other thing the, 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 the Paul is saying is, you know, yes, I know I persecute the church. And I thought I was doing right. But I don't even want to wear that clothes. 
I know who am I in Jesus. The law is not going to define me anymore. What is going to define me is who am I in Christ. That is what is going to define me today. Who am I in Christ? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us new in Christ Jesus so we can do good things that he planned for us long ago. I'm a masterpiece. That's how Jesus see me. Because how the world see me is, you know, like a guy that is never, never going to succeed in this area. You're never going to be good enough in something here. I'm never going to be good enough to serve. I'm never be gonna good, good enough to, to fix my family. I'm never going to be good enough how I can move in my life. But under Jesus, I'm totally different. Under Jesus, I am a masterpiece. I'm love. He cares. I can be restored. I can be in the middle of a bad circumstances and I continue can be moving on toward Jesus because Jesus see me with different eyes. It's not amazing. It's not beautiful. It's not beautiful how Jesus see us. Because all of us here, we have mess in our life. All of us here, we have a struggle and one point about gaining status and what we do. We work really hard to have what we have. It's, life has never been easy. So we fight. We never give up. But when we are here in Jesus, we have problems. We start to give up because our focus is not in Jesus. It's in our own material stuff. So Paul said, I want to be found. When you look at me, I want to be found in Jesus. So when you see me, I want to be just one. So you see me, you see Jesus. I want to be found in him. And I'm like, yes, Jesus. That's what I want too. I want to be found in you, Jesus. But verse 10 come. And God spoke so loud to me this week. And I believe this is a war for us as a church. Maybe a word for you. And in verse 10, Paul saying this. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to know Christ. This is Paul. Is somebody who knew about a lot about Jesus? It's Paul. Paul brought the 40% on the Bible. Paul is the guy we use a lot in our sermons to talk about Jesus. Paul is saying, I want to know more Christ, and I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. He make a switch in the text. He make a switch to, to say, I don't want to be, I want to be found in Jesus to an intention. I want to know Christ. I, I want to experience. 
experience his powers. There is a switch here. The, it, his experience will take it to the next level. You know, something we put a lot of emphasis in to know Christ, and it's all good. I'm not saying we don't have to know Christ. We put a lot of emphasis in knowing Christ. But it's something special when we experience Jesus. It's something special when we experience the mighty power of God in our lives. Our lives change completely. You know that God is true. You know all this truth, this biblical truth in your life. But when you experience God's power, it's all different. It's all unique. It's not just to know God and what he can do for you. It's about experiencing his power. It's not just about experience a church service or experience church that's never going to be good enough. What is enough is more than enough when we experience his power, the God of the church, the God of the worship. Because, yes, we can come to worship and it will be all good, but the next day we go back. But when we experience God's power, we know that we know that nothing is going to change our life. Nothing. Nothing. So how much I want to experience that in my life. How much I want to experience God's powers in my life. We pray all enough. We pray that God move. We pray that God can speak to our life. But there's a next step after praying. is to move. It's to move to action. We pray for revival and God will bring revival. But the next step is to live a life of revival. It's to experience God's power in our life. One thing is to know Psalm 23. Even when I walk through the darkest valley... I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. You, rod, and your staff will protect me and comfort me. One thing is to know that. But other things, when you are in the darkest valley in your life, when nothing is working, everything is going against you, one thing is being right there and experience God's with you. Oh, can I get an amen in that one? Because when we experience God with us, it's not just something, a theory in our hearts. It's not something that hurts. I know that God is with me. I know God is with me. And nothing is going to change that. It's not just about knowledge. It's about experiencing His power. about experiencing his power. Jesus is talking to uh, a, a blind man, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Jesus healed him, and he go to the Pharisees, he go, to, he go to, to the temple to pay his offerings, and all these Pharisees are asking me a question, what happened? You got healed. Now, how did it happen? Can you tell me? This is not possible. You shouldn't be, this cannot happen. 
How, how come you're, you're so excited? What he did to you? Tell me. Because they're trying to find a way that we can go back, back to, to Jesus. What he did? What he said? And this, this blind man, I love his answer. See, this is in John 9. He said this. I know only one thing. I know only one thing. That before I was blind. But now I can see. I know one thing. That before I was broken in my life. But when I experience God's power in my life, I'm restored. I know one thing in my life. The ones before my marriage was broken. But when I experienced God's power, my God restored my marriage. I know one thing that before I was addicted to so many drugs and alcohol, many things. But when I experienced God's power, my life changed again. I know that before I was nobody, but God, when I experienced his power and his love, I'm somebody again. That is the experience that you and I, we should seek. Our service should be different. Our worship should be different. Because Paul said, I want to know Christ, but also I want to experience his power. I don't want to come just to church and, and worship and say, oh, this is good, this is so nice. I want to experience his power. I want to experience the power of the resurrection. I don't know if you're getting this. I don't know if it, how much you want this, but our church should be seeking, not just praying, but moving forward and faith and asking God we can pray for all many things but I want to become a church we wanted to become a church that experience his power <laughs> I know that once before I was blind <laughs> but now I can see I cannot explain it it's something personal how come you're happy I don't know I know that yesterday I was so sad. I want to kill myself. I thought my life was done. I didn't know where to go. But I was praying and God prayed and came to me. And I don't know what happened. But today I'm a different person. Today I can see my future different. I cannot explain it. But God was with me in that room. God was with me when I thought that my life was over. That is the power they were seeking. It's not just knowledge. And knowledge is good. I'm not saying the knowledge is, is bad. To know Christ is very important. But there's a next step too. To experience his power. And Paul knew this. I want to be found in him. I know I'm in, in jail right now. And I know I'm gonna, I might die here. But it's something I didn't mention it in the last couple of weeks. There was um, this guy who sent the letter to him. He got, ended up being in jail with Paul and he got really sick. And he almost died. And God healed him. So you can be in jail right now. Maybe jail for you is a bad problem you're experiencing right now. Maybe the jail for you is... is 
everything broken in your life, your emotion, everything's bad going on. Maybe that jail right now is a big problem or illness in your life or to somebody you know. But Paul say, I rejoice in these circumstances. I rejoice. I choose to rejoice because right now it's not about me. It's about experiencing God's power. I know he's with me. He's for me. And nothing can be against me. God's power. So what do you want me to, to say when people think about Linden Alliance? What do you want me, people to say when you think about our church, when you think about you? Nice, not just a guy who knows your Bible very well. It's a guy who also who believes that God can do something right now. Right now. That's what we pray. And we not just dream where we want to be. We want to move forward. There's an intention. And as a church, as a person, as a as just me, I want to be in, have this intentionality to move forward and, and press into God and experience what He can do in my life. Christ in me. Christ in me. The power of the resurrection live in us. It's overwhelming. And me, and me, a guy who might have not much education. A guy who's trying to figure out life. But the same power that lives in me, that was in Jesus, live in you. So what are we going to do? I think our worship experience should be more. Because we should come with the expectation that God is going to move. We should come with the expectation that God is going to bring healing. We should come with the expectation that our marriage is going to be restored. We should come with the expectation that God is going to bring our kids back to his way. Not just dream that one day, maybe, what if. No, we want to experience God's power. I just want to finish with this. <laughs> I want to go back to that blind man. How come you're so happy? Looks like you have life figured out. Maybe you have talked to friends. And people sometimes they say to you, there is something different about you. What are you did? You, you, you look different. The, the, what is going on? And you're like, no, my life still sucks. <laughs> my, I still have all these problems. I, you know, have nothing changed. Look, if you look at my bank account, it's still under. <laughs> you know, my, my debt is still de there. You know, I have all this problem, but you know what? I, I, something happened when I was praying. Uh, something happened when I was reading his word. I started to experience his power in my life, and my life is different. There's two types of Christians. The one who sit down and want to see what God can do and, and watch from the side, from, from far away. And other ones, they want to be used and experience his power. I want to be that one. 
I want to be that one. I want to experience his power. I, wanna, I don't want to talk what just he did in the past. He's not done yet. This is not a story that just happened so many years ago. I want to continue moving forward. I want to move forward for what he have. I want to move forward in my life for what he have for me. Yes, 15 years ago, God restored me. And it was so cool and bring all that. And, and I saw God's power. But I'm so excited what I'm going to see today. But I'm so excited what I'm going to see tomorrow. I'm so excited what's going to happen next Sunday. Because God's power is in us. It's for us. Heavenly Father, we, we, we want to pray today. We just want to come to your presence and say, we are a mess. <laughs> it's been a difficult year. It's been a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of issues, God. You know our hearts. And there's nothing that we can do. There's nothing that we can do to fix that. We need you, Jesus. Our marriage needs you. Our kids need you. I need you. Our church needs you. Our town needs you. Our country needs you. Our world needs you, God. There's so much need around us, so much brokenness around us. We need you, Jesus. And we know that you have the power to change people's life. We know you have the power to change our circumstances. God, we are here right now coming to you asking that we want to experience your power. We want to be the answer for someone who is praying. God, we want to move forward and, and make those steps in faith, knowing that you, what you have for us is better than nothing else. God, give us the faith and the trust to believe and to make these steps. Not be nervous about how I'm going to serve, what is going to happen, what is going to happen if I say this and I say that. We want to think in our status, want to think it's you in us, Jesus. We love you, we honor you, and we thank you for everything you have done in us. God, we want to experience your power in our life. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I want to know Christ, and I want to experience his power. Man, that's something so powerful for me. This really changed my view of many things. Because I don't want to just sit down and relax. I just want to be there in the field. And I just want to say, Happy Father's Day uh, to all of you guys. Thank you for uh, being praying and giving up, not, never giving up and, 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 and everything. And I know life sometimes is hard. We know sometimes we, we like this idea to be good fathers. And we fail. But we want to be like our father who's full of love and compassion. So that's our goal, to be more like him and less 
like us, less like me. So happy Father's Day. As you go for all the dads in the, in the registration desk, Salome will be there. We have a gift for you. So it's on us. <laughs> so before you go, just stop there. She's going to give you a gift card uh, for uh, $2,000 in Walmart. <laughs> yes. Well, why not, right? One day, one day, one day. <laughs> yeah, and you can go there. <laughs> Too many witnesses. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> so there's a gift card for you. So happy Father's Day. Enjoy your day. It's an awesome day. I pray the guy give you the best nap ever. And that truck that you wanted, the guy can provide it for you. God bless you guys. Have an amazing week. Take care. Bye-bye.